Mic's up. Coming at you live in Charlotte from the ACC's annual Operation Basketball event. Appreciate Roy Williams for dropping by, Mike Krzyzewski for dropping by. Yet another Hall of Famer is on his way, Jim Beheim of Syracuse. He, too, is a national championship coach. It's been a little while in his case. Carmelo Anthony was the star freshman way back when, when Coach Beheim took Syracuse to that national championship in 2003. Lower expectations, I think, for the Orange this year compared to most recent seasons, but this is a guy who in some years with lower expectations has even taken the Orange all the way to the Final Four. So Jim Beheim's going to drop by this hour. Tony Bennett of UVA, yet another national championship head coach, is going to be among our guests in hour number three. And in between, we are going to squeeze in other ACC head coaches. Kevin Keats of NC State's dropping by. Danny Manning of Wake Forest is dropping by. We will talk to all 15. We will not speak to all 15 on the air today. Some will send to accsports.com. Some we will play on our statewide show tomorrow. So stay tuned as the live coaches drop by one by one, including Syracuse coach Jim Beheim. Next, we will sprinkle in the others. Tony Bennett next hour, Jim Beheim this hour, and as many others as we can squeeze in in between. My personal pecking order, as the ACC, remember, holds three of the last five national championships. Duke in 2015, Carolina in 2017, and UVA just last year. Nine of the last 19 NCAA championships are held by current, NCAA, current ACC members. So if you go all the way back to 2001 and count forward, current ACC members, so you're actually taking out the Gary Williams title that he won while a member of the ACC with the Terrapins but you're adding titles that other schools won before joining the ACC. Nine out of 19 NCAA men's basketball titles have been won by current members of the Atlantic Coast Conference. That is as stunning a backdrop as you will see for any league in any major sport in the entire college sports world. And that's why we're here in Charlotte. That's why we look forward to this event. Hall of Fame coaches everywhere, all American players, everywhere you look and national contenders this year in the form of Duke, Louisville, UNC, UVA, and we'll see how many others kind of join that category. We have scheduled to join us later this hour, Jim Laranega of the Miami Hurricanes, Mike Bray of Notre Dame, second year Louisville coach Chris Mack will be with us in about 60 minutes, Tony Bennett of UVA in less than 90 minutes. On the other side, it's gonna be Jim Beheim of Syracuse, believe it or not, this is a guy who has been with the Orange. It's even longer than the number I'm about to give you if you add his time playing in that uniform. But Jim Beheim, just as the head coach, has been affiliated with Syracuse for 44 years now. He has taken them to the Final Four as recently as 2016. He took them to the Sweet 16 as recently as 2018, and he did have another March Madness appearance a year ago. Jim Beheim, the Hall of Famer, joins us live next on the David Glenn Show. 
Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. David Glenn Show, coming at you live from ACC Operation Basketball in Charlotte. The parade of Hall of Famers continues. Jim Beheim of Syracuse will sit down with us here shortly. Believe it or not, coaches in year 44 as the head coach of the Orange. He has been a lot of fun with us on his previous visits. We are thrilled that the Orange has been at this point now a longtime member of the Atlantic Coast Conference. My favorite guy. Uh, coach Beheim, welcome back and to the David the way, Glenn Show. Now, now when you way, say before favorite. Before you get going here, all right, Possibilities in Greensboro, right. great place. Possibilities in Greensboro. You, you haven't eaten there? I have not. Oh, I'm, my God. All right. Do you ever go to Greensboro? I do. I'm based in Raleigh, so I know the dining oh. uh, environment there better. Well, that, now I know Charlotte going. fairly well. Now you can. Now you have a place in Greensboro. Now, great place. If words had sarcasm fonts, when you say your favorite, you no, really I look mean, forward yeah, to the David sure, Glenn absolutely, show. We absolutely. can put that in a promo. Absolutely. This is something you look forward to that much. I try to give you some uh, right information so that yeah. you can, you know, get on the show and you know know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, man. And and you know you've got what uh, half century of expertise. I'm only at 33 years and counting. So we keep each other sharp over the years. 57 years, that's uh, all. Uh, you turn 75 next month, which technically would make you the oldest Division I men's basketball coach ever. Really? That's not a criticism. Jeez. Tell us about Pilates and yeah. other, other ways you Pilates, have maintained a fountain of youth. Pilates has been good for me. I can tell you that for five years. I'm in my fifth year, and when I started, I was having trouble moving around, getting up, and now it's just all core work, and it's it's been great. My knees still are a little sore. We can't do much. But even Pilates helps that because it's strengthening your core. So that's been good. I try to do some other stuff, exercising. But, you know, you coach. Uh, you, you, every year is a new team and new excitement comes. And uh, I feel really health-wise the same as I did when I was 50, 40, 50, 60. feel about the same. So you always look forward to a new team. It gives you a new life, and uh, you're, you're excited about it. We have a young team. We have a lot of really good shooters and more depth than we've had in a while. So I think we can be a much better offensive team. Defensively, we were a really good team, so we got to get better there. For those who may forget, Coach has sent Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett and others on to the next level, but he has an intriguing team coming back, as he just described there. It was 16 years ago that we got to see you cut down the nets. <laughs> and I saw that you, uh, I don't know how often you see or talk to Carmelo Anthony, but you all were at an event together not too long ago. Tell us just how that unfolds between a Hall of Fame coach and a national championship player over these last 16 years. Well, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever had play for me. He's given back to the university, to the community, in our community, to Denver, to New York City, to Puerto Rico, where he grew up, into Baltimore. He's given back to all five places through his charitable work millions of millions of dollars so uh he's a great guy uh i think he's still got some game left and i think I, I think he will get an opportunity to play in the nba this year at some point pretty soon i hope i think he can help a team he's fine coming off the bench he's fine you know 
helping any a, a team, and I think he can really help a good team be a better team because he'll be one of the best players on the second unit uh, every team, every time he's on the court. So uh, I have a lot of fondness for him and a lot of hope for his year this year. Jim Beheim is joining us. You can follow Coach on Twitter at the Real Beheim. Not only the national champion with his orange, but a basketball Hall of Famer, a college basketball Hall of Famer, and also your good friend Mike Shashevsky joined us a little while ago. You guys, I know, shared at least seven gold medals while helping it lead was pretty Team good. USA. It yeah. was pretty good. W with that in mind, Coach, uh, we just saw the most disappointing or the lowest yeah. finish numerically at the World Cup. How do you get? How do you describe the challenge? Well, you can't go without the better players. Yeah. It's simple. I mean, Greg Pavlovich. I thought they did an amazing job coaching that team. They played hard. They played, I think, in a lot of ways, better defense than we ever played. But they just couldn't score. You have to score. You, if you think back to the tough games we had, Spain, 96-91. We scored 96 points, and you're going to have those games. Uh, but we were so good that only maybe one team, Spain, could could catch us. And there you have to, you know, you have to make plays down the stretch. And we had Kobe Bryant one year. We had Kevin Durant and LeBron James one year. Then we had Kevin Durant, Durant again in the three gold medal games where we had to win. I mean, Kevin Durant had 30 in the first half against a really good Serbian team, better than the Serbian team that was over there because they had their guard. Uh, so... But you have to have that guy yeah. or two. And if you don't, it's 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 going to be close. I mean, we could have won, but it, yeah. it's, you were, you're not going to be sure to win. Uh, I think next year when I'm reading, guys are going to play, but they said that before. You never know until you get about a month before you go over there as to who's going to play, who's healthy, and who really wants to play. And if we get three or four of those key guys, you know, you're talking about the top ten players in the league. Leonard, right. George, uh, LeBron, Steph, Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, you know. Uh, Harden. Uh, huh? James Harden. James Harden, yeah. yeah. If you get in that group, Wesley, uh, you know, uh, uh, Westbrook, you get any of three, couple, three or four of those guys, you're going to win. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to win. It's interesting. In the sport of soccer, the World Cup is viewed as number one, and the Olympics is kind of yeah. 1B. In yeah. basketball, it feels like the reverse. Uh, you know a lot of millionaire basketball players. What motivates them to represent their country or yeah. not, well, given family and sometimes physical limitations well, and sometimes being worn out? We took over at the right time. We were losing. Things were down. Right. There were a lot of good young superstars coming up, and we got those guys, and they had a passion to win a gold. And so... We had a little veterans, a little young guys, and that got us through those first couple gold medal games. And then the Durant came along, Kyrie came along, James Harden came along, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they all came along. But now those guys have all done it. So now right. the next group, you know, who are those guys? And the, the, other, the teams we play against have been playing together for 15 years. So just a good team isn't probably going to win because those guys have been playing together for 15 years. So you have to get the best players because we're not playing together that long. So that's what has to happen. I hope next year we'll get those guys and then get a group of young guys moving forward that really want to participate in the Olympics. And the Olympics is 
still for our guys the most important thing, not yeah. the world. The world championship for some of these other countries is a little bit ahead of the Olympics. So I think our guys, I'm just guessing here, but I'll predict based on my experience, some of these guys will play next year and we'll be okay. Jim Beheim is joining us on the David Glenn Show. A lot has changed in your 44 years as the head coach of the Orange. Uh, you know that one of the hot-button issues nowadays is name, image, likeness. Right, right, right. Um, I'm a believer that scholarship athletes get a heck of a lot of value, right? Well, I don't think even you know what they get because the meal plan that has been in the last two or three years, you can go over there, work out, get breakfast. You can have a snack during the day. I know enough to know it's hundreds of thousands and of dollars of value. And you can also get, overall, and you also can get dinner. So now our players get their cost of attendance and a check for their board because they're getting food. They still buy a little, but a player at Syracuse gets $1,400 a month, cash, cash in his pocket. So he has to buy some food because he's not on a board plan. But we give him a lot of food, and we're traveling a lot where we get him his meals. So he's got pocket money. What we need to find, everybody, it's easy to say, well, image. And, you know, oh, you should have that. Everybody you ask will say that. But what does that mean? The quarterback and the running back get image and get a TV commercial. The guy up front, the guard, tackle, and center, they're pull, blocking for him, knocking guys out of the way, don't get that. They do not get that. So now you have players on a team that are getting something pretty good, and the other guy's getting zero. Whereas the way the board thing worked out, everybody gets the same check. Right. So it's fair. How can we do this so the player can get a little bit more, but it's fair? This is college. They're not pros. I think the other thing is if you're a Pell Grant need-based student, you get another $600 right. a month. So you really get about $2,000 a month. And so players are getting money. The other thing is 3,900 scholarship players out of 4,000 in college are happy to have a scholarship. Absolutely. And the 100 guys that we're not talking about are going to the NBA. They're going to make money. And college has helped. Nobody can argue that Zion Williamson is getting a $100 million sneaker contract because he played at Duke. That helped him. So the other guys, they get to play somewhere. Is there a way we can get more for the players, David? I, I'd like to see it. We all would. It's just, how is it fair? How do you do it so it's fair? I asked our players, I said, how would you feel if one of you guys is getting $25,000 a year doing a local commercial and none of the other guys on the team are getting anything? How would you feel? I, I don't think that works in a good way. Uh, as it is now, everybody gets this full scholarship. Everybody gets their check. Everybody gets the equipment, sneakers, everything. It's all the same. Uh, the one, and, and the other thing, at the end of the year, our athletic department breaks even. We do make money in basketball, yeah. but the department breaks even, and we actually have to fundraise to break even. The only anomaly, the only thing you point to that you can say is coaches make a lot of money. Yeah. That, that's that's. That's yeah, the a school, sticking point. The school lives in the free market. You live in the free market. and they You know, Tom Cruise does a picture. There's 250 people making it happen for him to make that picture that make minimum wages. And he makes $700 million. That's just the w country we live in. That's the way it is here. Um, but, you know, I think we need to do whatever we can. The food option was a great move that nobody even saw coming. Cost of attendance was great. Cost of attendance was great. So Pell Grants are still good. Whatever else we can do to tick it up a little bit, I hope that committee finds it. They're working on it. 
but I think going down the road of an agent, just think of this, you're an agent for a player coming to a school. Well, you're gonna go call the local car dealership, you're gonna go call the biggest businesses yeah. in town and say, I've got my guy right here. How much you want him, how much you're gonna pay him. Now maybe somebody thinks that's a good thing, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it is. The California law, allowing third party money, not university to yeah, athlete yeah. money, um, violates our current understanding of amateurism, right? You're not getting paid to play basketball narrowly, yeah. but you are getting paid because you're an athlete in any sport. So that would be too far of a step for you toward professionalism the way California's proposal. I just out. think that it creates a field where you're on your team, some guys are yeah. making a lot of money and other guys are making none, little or none. Now, as a coach, I would be in a bad position if I knew one of my guys was getting $20,000 from some company. As a coach, I would have to look into seeing how each player can have an agent. Yeah. Make sure each player has an agent and make sure each agent tries to get him a deal in in town. I couldn't do it directly, but I make you know, make sure he has a, a representative who could get him a deal. Maybe that's is that where we want to go? I mean, I, I don't know. I know I was happy having a full scholarship. I think our players now for, for the most part are happy having the full scholarship, the cost of attendance and the meal money. So, I think they're pretty happy. I'm not even talking about weight training, tutors, uh, all, yeah. all the things that go along with that, but I, it, it's a problem. It's 99% of the people in the country think it's a good thing that players get this image. They don't think about all the other consequences about it. It's just like 99% of the people in the country think that anybody that makes over $200,000 should pay 75% in taxes because that 99 that's not good that 99% doesn't make that much money right so you know it's it's what's fair what what can we do to help our players we have moved in a good direction to do that people are ignoring that because they want to keep talking about paying players and this is almost paying players image it's it's similar i mean if you go to playing players and you pay the football players the basketball players the women who you're going to also pay? I don't know where you're going with that. That's. I think we're among the few in the media that actually write a lot in detail about the NCAA critics will bring up the finances on the one side, multi-billion-dollar TV deal, Coach Beheim's salary, whatever. Yeah. I like just for transparency purposes bringing up the other side of the ledger sheet, where I don't know the numbers exactly at Syracuse, but it's hundreds of thousands of dollars in value to me if I'm your four-year player. And if you truly get economic about it, and tutors and weight training and the value of playing for Jim Beheim, the value of that four-year experience with you, it could be a half a million dollars by the time Look, you're done adding it if up. If this right? was just basketball and you had no other sports at college, pay the pay, I'd be fine. Yeah. But all this money is going to go to keep women's basketball and women's field hockey you know, men's soccer, they spend a million, million and a half, two million dollars a year. So that right. money the comes third, from the, us. The third party proposal, though, doesn't directly blow no. up Syracuse's athletic and that's department. Fine. Right? Now Al although some of those third parties may donate to Syracuse less. Possible, but the, but the real problem is, is it going to be fair? Yeah. Talk to the team. 
All right, two of you guys are going to get $25,000. The rest of you guys might not. How, the, do you, how do you feel about that? And the question becomes is, is, do we value the free market enough for them that it's worth that complication? Because you're, 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 your players already come from different economic backgrounds. Yep. Some of them get the attention from the beautiful girls across campus, and others do not, right? Some get a lot of playing time. Some get hardly well, any. So you're, playing you're, but you're already managing all of those inequalities. Yeah, but that's an equal playing field. Every guy but, has but the right to get a date with that but best just, looking girl. But just as they earned a starting role right. or they haven't earned it, some would say they've earned their way into the spotlight. If somebody's seen as a better pitch man right. because of a level of fame, that is merit-based, right? It's a question. I'm of just playing you, devil's no, no, advocate. It's just a question if you want to Since we're your favorite there. show. No, now. no. If you want to go that way and that's the way it ends up going, you know, we'll live with it. But I just don't think it's fair. And you're going to be talking to high school kids, agents, if you go oh, to it's, this school. It's filled with I'm going to get you this $50,000 deal, and you got to come with me. It's, so a, it's a moat filled with snakes and alligators. It's not an easy no, no, it is tricky. That's the problem. Um, last thing for you as we thank you for your time, as always, here on the David Glenn Show. Uh, take us into the Jim Beheim brain on October 8th. Do you, like, have a preseason pecking? Do you know your opponents well enough to know hey, Duke, Louisville, UVA, and UNC are going to be good again, or is 90% of your vision on the orange basketball? 100% of my vision is on Syracuse basketball, what we have to do, what we can do. And when we get prepared two or three days, sometimes is all you have to prepare for your next team. You hope your team is prepared to play against anybody. That you can see zone or man or whatever you, you're going to see you have this six-week period of time to get ready for that. So you have only a preliminary, like if I, if I asked you to write one through 15 ACC basketball predictions, I know who's going to be the better teams. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's irrelevant to what I'm doing right. now. I'm trying to get my team ready to play the best. And, you know, that's, that's all you can do. His name is Jim Beheim. Thank you for visiting your favorite show again, Coach. <laughs> Thank you. And a, an early happy 75th birthday to you. Appreciate That's it. That's not until next month, folks, just for the record. He will officially become. I'm not, make, I'm not even poking him in the ribs. I'm not, I, I love Coach Beheim. He, he's really fun to pick his brain. He's just technically going to be the oldest guy in Division I men's basketball history. I, I'm not, that's, that's a good thing. I, right? I agree. <laughs> I hope you're taking it that way. Thanks, Coach. When Keep you're doing this show when you're 75, I'm not going to come down here and say <laughs> you're, still, you're the oldest guy to do a radio show. I won't do that to you. That's nice. I won't be doing this at 75 That's either. what I said. Jim Laranega of Miami is next in the car wash. We're also going to get a visit with Tony Bennett of UVA. Next hour, the national champion, the latest here to add his name to that prestigious list. Appreciate Jim Beheim, yet another Hall of Famer, for spending some time with us. Jim Laranega and Mike Bray are lingering from Miami and Notre Dame. Chris Mack of Louisville is lingering. Tony Bennett next hour. We'll catch up with Kevin Keats, Danny Manning, Jeff Capel of Pitt, formerly of Duke. We'll talk to everybody. It's just a matter of how many we can squeeze into this three-hour statewide show today. Again, check accsports.com later today 
for anything that has appeared or may not appear in the live portion of today's program. 1-800-849-2761 is a tick is number for you to remember throughout the week. We'll get you caught up on some other headlines, and we will keep the parade of coaches coming next on the David Glenn Show. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me i got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. We're coming at you live from Charlotte, 2019 ACC Operation Basketball. Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. Mike Krzyzewski's in the books. Roy Williams is in the books. Appreciate Jim Beheim for dropping by as well. Yet another Final Four coach is across the table from us now. He is in year number nine as the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Jim Laranaga, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you, Coach? Good, David. How are you? Doing well. You turned 69 last week. What no, are you? No. 70. 7-0. Oh, but I'm, I'm one of the younger coaches in this yeah. league. The guys you just mentioned, Beheim, Krzyzewski, Leonard Hamilton, they're all older than me. You feel like a kid. They haven't even updated your Wikipedia page yet. Not it still yet. says 69, man. So what do you do at 70 to celebrate a birthday? Um, well, we got to get our team prepared to, to go into the ACC season. And I got a great group of guys. We have five veterans and uh, four young guys. But we only have nine scholarship players right now that are available to us. We're hoping to get a tenth when Keith Stone's uh, rehabs his injury and is available to compete. We have seen Roy Williams dance with his team at Late Night with Roy. We've seen you do some pretty cool Muhammad Ali-style boxing moves and other things. How do you stay young around a bunch of 18 to 23-year-olds? Well, those are the guys that keep you young. Uh, my, my players uh, are, are really my life. I, I love those guys. They're fun to be around. Uh, I love going to practice. Practice is a lot more fun than the games. The fans can enjoy the games, <laughs> but really my classroom is, is the practice floor. And I enjoy teaching. I have a great group of coaches on my staff. I enjoy being around them. They're a lot younger than me. Uh, they keep me updated about what's going on uh, in, in youth basketball. And uh, uh, I, I want to continue coaching as long as I possibly can. I imagine in your shoes, given that relatively uncommon nine scholarship players, there can be an upside, right? You don't have guys 10, 11, 12, and 13 complaining or mad calls from mom or dad. If somebody rolls an ankle, there's a clear downside. Did the pluses outweigh the minuses to carry in nine or more coaches would do it that way? Well, first of all, I want to correct you. Just because I only have nine guys and they're all going to play, that doesn't mean the parents don't want to tell me how to do my job. <laughs> uh, my son should be starting. My son should get more shots. But, but, and I'm joking about that because not only do we have great kids, they come from great families and they have great parents. But the fact of the matter is nine is really doable during the game. It's much harder to prepare for an opponent when you only have nine guys. Practice is more challenging. So we do have a, a, uh, uh, a system that we're using. We've got two walk-ons that we are okay. utilizing for that 10th position so we can scrimmage. 
but uh, when Chris Likes has to go against, you know, walk on, it's not the same as going against the guys from Duke or Carolina <laughs> or Louisville. <laughs> Jim Laranag is joining us. He's also previously been the head coach at Bowling Green and George Mason. Remember that amazing run to the Final Four. He has taken Miami to great heights as well. We have seen the Canes win an ACC title. Coach, I got into this stuff as a media member roughly around the time that you became a head coach for the first time at Bowling Green. Or no, you were a head coach prior to that, weren't you? At Amer at, uh, American, American International, International College, okay. Division Two. All right, I'll fast forward you to the 86-87 because that's when I joined this craziness. The world has changed a lot since then, and you know one of the hot-button issues right now is name, likeness, image. Um, you've seen even in the last decade cost of attendance adjustment athletes getting a lot more than they once did where do you stand on this california law that would not require universities to pay the athletes but would open the door for these third parties to allow these guys to take advantage of the free market the way you do as a coach and the way universities do in their athletic department well throughout my career rules have changed and laws have changed and one of the things i've mentioned this before uh, there was there was a time when the NCAA passed a rule that you could have a bagel after a hard workout, but no cream cheese, uh, peanut butter, or jelly. I remember this. I, but what happened to that rule? It went away. It, no, it didn't go away. Eventually, they, they, right? No, no, no. It, it changes. It gets edited. It gets uh, adjusted. And that's what's going to happen with this. These are new complicated issues that are coming to the forefront that the people in, on both sides of the equation are going to discuss and try to figure out what's best for college athletics, what's best for college athletes. And coaches, they're just going to roll with the, the punches. Whatever they have to deal with in the recruiting process, they're going to deal with. We love our profession. We love doing what we're doing. All the rules has always been complicated. At one time, you, you couldn't text. Now you text every single day. Yeah rules change and as they change we adjust when you think of the california law are, are you okay with the idea of third-party money or do do you believe that what these young men get in the form of room board tuition cost of attendance and even some other things is enough to prevent them from joining that free market yeah i'm not in a position to impact the rules and what the de decisions are ultimately going to be and I've always been been uh, educated that control what you can control and don't worry about the things you can't. Yeah. So I, d I don't worry about what decisions are going to be made. I'm not trying to impact those decisions. So whatever happens, I'm going to do the best I can do. My coaches will do the best we can do. And we're going to help our players no matter what the rules are. We're going to help them understand it and live with it and benefit from it last thing for you I don't know how much your focus is entirely on the Canes versus what you already have digested about the other 14 teams here but you know Duke and Louisville and UNC and UVA are considered the favorites in air quotes uh, I wonder if your thoughts are similar or different along those lines and then for your Hurricanes specifically it feels like you have a lot of good guards and we talk about this as being a guard oriented game uh, does that make you believe that you have a chance to kind of climb the ladder in ACC competition compared to, say, your finish last year? Well, the reason we can look at our guard play and be optimistic is if you look at Chris Likes, 
uh, DJ Vasilovich and Cam Augusti, they have 2,200 career points. Wow. If you look at our four front court players, Rodney Miller, Sam Wardenberg, Anthony Walker, and Dan Gek, they have 300 career total points. Yeah. So we've got uh, some unknowns. How will our front court be able to compete against those teams that you mentioned? I know our guards can compete because they've done it before. Our front court guys have to learn and grow and gain some valuable experience. Am I leaving anybody out when I say Duke, Louisville, UNC, and UVA? Yeah, probably about four or five other teams. Yeah. Like, like a Florida State. All I right. mean, you know, Maybe a Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. I mean, just everybody, Syracuse. You, you can't ever underestimate somebody in this league because this league has been so young for so many years, and those guys go to the NBA, and new young guys step in and become immediate contributors crazy number nine of the last 19 ncaa championships have been won by current nc current acc members nine of 19 almost half the time that's the league that you're well, dealing with Coach. you can also look at last year's nba draft yeah half of the top 10 chosen are acc guys 13 of the 60 guys drafted that makes it more fun for us Sometimes it makes it more fun for you. Thank you, as always, for your time here on the David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. We're going to send this gentleman on to his next stop in the car wash on the other side. Mike Bray of Notre Dame joins us on the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on the radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. David Glenn Show coming at you live from Charlotte. Next up, Mike Bray of Notre Dame. Believe it or not, in his 20 years now with the Fighting Irish, five football coaches have come and gone <laughs> in that time. He, his team, not that it matters to him, I don't think, is my preseason dark horse as I fill out my all-ACC ballot. Uh, he is a guy who took the Irish to the ACC championship back in 2015, the Elite Eight that same year and the year after. Mike Bray, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Good to be with you guys again. It's always good uh, when I'm down here on Tobacco Road. And I'll take that dark horse for vote. I'll take that vote. Well, let's talk about the why of that, because your expertise dwarfs mine, with all due respect. But I picture you, Coach, you're just a good guy. I'd love to watch the NBA draft with you. Is there like a giddy little kid inside of you as you see, oh, there goes Zion from Duke. There goes RJ. There goes the Carolina guys. I mean, how does that work for you? No question. <laughs> I, I have even volunteered to drive them personally to their <laughs> NBA cities. Yeah. I will get their butts there. But uh, I, I, as I told you pre-show, when I looked at the first and second team all being gone for the first time in the history of the league, that's kept me... Uh, hopeful that our group which has some continuity yeah because we got some guys returning can make a move back into the mix for those who don't follow it as closely quick reminder tj gibbs is back senior guard john mooney all acc guy proven already back for a senior forward or big fella year rex fluger dealt with that injury he's been cleared to get back to action here another senior plus a whole lot of freshmen got kind of their uh, christening in the acc a year ago 
in 2014, y'all had an uncharacteristically bad year. And then in 2015, ACC champs, Elite Eight, and all sorts of other great things. Tell us about the psychology of that. Am I making too much of going from losing season to 32 and 6? Or does it give you a more captive audience and them something to fight for all summer long? Well, there's no question that I think our group will have a little chip on their shoulder after getting our, taking our punches, you know, almost nightly in the league, throwing our young guys to the Wolves. Uh, but there is. There's a little edge. There's a little edge to get back to the, the NSA tournament. I, I think our, our seniors and our leadership uh, are selling that. I don't have to say a lot. They know what they want to do. They've kind of been pushed up against the wall a little bit. So uh, I think it's made for a great atmosphere as far as motivation in the offseason, something to work for, bounce back mode. It's a, it's a mode at Notre Dame that you, got, you, go, you, you rotate into every now and then where you get put on the mat and how do you bounce back. Fortunately, we bounced back well enough. They left me stay for 20 years, you know, and, and I only need about five more, and then I'll get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of that ticking clock, how, and I hope you're here a long, long time, the world has changed, and you know one of the hot-button issues here is what do you or any other coach think of the California law? Right. Um, we discuss, Coach, and we write a lot about this. I think you know me well enough to know by now. I write about the value of a scholarship, room, board, tuition. I'm not naive to what they are getting, which is now more than ever. There is the other argument about letting them experience the free market. Do you feel like that is the more fair way, third-party money, or are they already getting something adequate in terms of a fair trade in your eyes? Well, I am glad to hear you say the value of a scholarship and what we've done for them with cost of attendance and Pell Grant. And now the food and meals are almost unlimited. Our nutrition station and our practice facility is so well stocked, I never go out to lunch anymore. Hmm. I go down, and, and so they, they are taken care of. Now, I, I think this name, image, likeness, it's something to think about, and I, I, I think there's a little bit of a panic button going right now. It's going to be shaped. But what our players don't understand and probably fans don't understand, and definitely the governor of California, there's not that much of a market. Johnny Mooney's a heck of a player. Don't get me wrong. I love him. I don't think Gurley Leap car dealership in, in uh, South Bend is going to want to do a big <laughs> deal with him. I, and no disrespect. And, and uh, you know, I, so I, 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 I just almost think there's – an unrealistic market there's got to be a way we can shape this we got a couple years to do it and hopefully the NSA will be able to reel this back but thank you for shining a light on what these young men do get they have a really really good life and all I know is a Notre Dame education I have a feeling you know I've seen our guys come and go and it's been a heck of a ticket for them you can't put a price tag on that John Mooney is an example, and I, you can tell me, I remember him just announcing, I'm coming back for my senior year, <laughs> whereas others either, you know, Jordan Wara at Louisville did go through a process and then decide to stay. It felt like nine out of ten guys, you mentioned on the All-ACC team, all ten of the top ten are gone, but what was his process? And, you know, I'm sure he could have played somewhere, if not in the NBA, yeah. if that was in his heart. What, what went into that? Because that's like the road less traveled nowadays. It was so refreshing, and it shows you the kind of guy Mooney is, Johnny is, and that he's a throwback. 
He came into my office after the season. I said, Johnny, right now, you're projected as undrafted, maybe second round. You can put your name in. You can go through it. He goes, nah, coach, I'm good. Shook my, <laughs> shook my hand and went to the weight room. That was it? That was it. <laughs> it was the most refreshing conversation with a great player I've had in the offseason. Just like, nah, I'm good. Uh, let's go back to the tournament. I'm going to the weight room. He's like, oh, my God. I was like, I fell out of my chair. And so, to his credit, you know, he knew he wanted to come back. He wants a, he wants his Mendoza business degree, the number one okay. undergraduate business school. He's he's He'll graduate in the spring. He knows he needs another year of being a main guy and wants to be a leader. And I know he wanted to finish with Rex Fluger and T.J. Gibbs. So he's refreshing, and he's a throwback, and I love coaching him. You follow all these human stories, one guy by one guy, and they're all different, and the Mooney story everybody celebrates for obvious reasons. Fluger and Gibbs are dealing with different human stories, like Rex is just the injury, and that's no fun for anybody, but he gets this bonus extra senior year. TJ, I know you liked that he did a lot of things right, floor leader, et cetera, but he just didn't shoot as well as he thought. Some other, it, it was the... It was the antithesis, good and, and Notre Dame word, good SAT word, <laughs> of, of like what we thought his evolution might be. So how does how do those guys react? What is your role as their coach to help them through some negativity as Mooney's just sort of riding the wave? Well, I think they need each other, and they're not good on their own. They need each other, and I think TJ really did miss Rex. The other thing, you know, I feel for TJ a little bit, Rex goes down, injury here, and then all of a sudden I give him three freshmen to be in charge of and mentor against 22-year-old seniors yeah. in the league and lottery picks. And I thought he took a lot of punches that most guys wouldn't. And if anybody deserves to have a good senior year, it's him. And I think that our young guys are older and better, and Rex is back and Mooney's back. There'll be a more calmness about his game. There was a... There was a erratic but it was coach i'm doing everything i can here and i got all the and i'm playing the whole game and he you know to his credit he's amazingly durable so i've liked he's been calmer because our young guys they're not there's not to be anxious as much anymore yeah. they've grown and here comes rex and johnny and 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 we're we're in a little bit better frame of mind we're out of time we always yep. appreciate you returning our phone calls and it's extra good to see you in person. Coach Mike Bray, thank you for the time. Thanks, the guys. We'll get on during the season. Take I, care. I wish it meant more that I am picking you guys to be the dark horse. Well, it, I wish I had more power. Even after 33 years, Coach. I'm, I'm trying to hide. You that's know how it is. When you come off a You want to lay in the weeds. Like, I'm like, pick us 12. Pick us 12. We're just hiding. We're Gibbs, laying in the weeds. Gives Mooney and Fluger, uh, the seniors, <laughs> ride DG's preseason prediction all the way to greatness. We'll see. And we'll call you later. Thanks for dropping by live on the David Glenn Show. We have more great coaches coming. Chris Mack of Louisville will be with us. Tony Bennett of UVA next hour. We're back after this on the David Glenn Show. Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. Doing? I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, 80, <laughs> the original Death Valley, you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show.